The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. At a time of the year when many people are on vacation and taking their rest from their daily chores and work, evil never rests and it never sleeps. It moves forward in its plans for the destruction of this nation and the world. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Long ago in Medjugorje, one of the priests said that a is not coming because everything's good, but the world's very sick. It doesn't take too much to realize this truth. It didn't even take him to say that. He confirmed what I felt. Why is our lady coming like she was coming? The Anglicans have just removed Satan from the baptismal rite. The clergy clergy actually test-marketed, what if we took this out? What would the population of the Anglicans think? And their test marketing, this is how they're doing a church dogma, I guess now, confirmed that the claiming that the traditional rejection of the devil and all rebellion against God, quote, puts off the people who are offended to be addressed as sinners should be removed. 
in regards to Satan. They said they found it much easier to ask parents and godparents to make vows that do not mention Satan. Silent? You pondering? Where have we gone? To hell without the devil because we don't mention him and we don't teach hell. Their services of the baptism also is another improvement which deletes the instructions to the godparents and the child will keep God's commandments and learn what a Christian ought to know and believe for his soul's health. And they rather promise only that the church shall do all they can to ensure there is a welcoming place for you. It's not that the church is full of sinners. It's just the church can come be filled with people who enjoy sin and not be reminded of it. Don't make me feel guilty. Which brings on, brings on more emotional problems and depression and the likes. Because once you're a sinner and once you recognize that and you realize that and you confess that, it's therapeutic. 50 years ago, of all groups categorized and however you wanted to break them down, religions, whatever you wanted to do, Catholics were the number one people with the least psychological problems. And those groups with the most sin, abomination, abominable lifestyles, were the most suicidal, the most vicious, the most angry, the most depressed, the most unfulfilled. I don't need a study. You don't need a study of the market to see where truth is. Come reason with me, says the Lord. And so what does this break down to? Just civil unrest. More laws to be passed. More rules. Because we don't keep the commandments, just ten simple ones. We have to regulate by man's mandate on humanism and make rules for everything. And that's why there's one rule after another. And then once the law is passed, it complicates the, the, the following of the, the letter of the law. So you have to make three more regulations to, and then three more or ten more for each three of those three. And you got a book and a healthcare HHS mandate full of stuff as a result of not keeping the commandments. Did you catch what I said? HHS mandate is not from Obama. Not from the left. It's from us. What we've done in the medical field, what we do at all costs when we're 90 years old and we've got terminal stage 5, stage 4 cancer, and we want to do chemo, and we submit to that stupidity rather than let just life take its course. When you live good, you know you can't live, and you're just going to make people live three more years rather than three months in misery. Where is our wisdom of life, as the lady just said in her last message? She used those words. She says, I've always lived humbly and courageously and in hope. In hope of what? Of being in eternity. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm asking the same of you. I desire for all of you, the same as she did. I desire that all of you to be with me in eternity. Because you're part of me. You're supposed to be. But we're all denouncing that we can't say the devil because we don't be reminded of him and we think that we call sinners, which makes us part of the devil instead of God's light, which always come to bring her light and infuse it into us as apostles. And so we had this message on the 25th 
where a lady says, wisdom of life. We don't know how to see things. We may not, many may not raise an eyebrow about the Anglicans. But they're basically just wedding themselves to the devil by not denouncing the devil. He's not that real. And so this will result in more civil unrest. And the Pentagon's actually doing research on civil unrest right now. Why are they doing that? What do they see in their wisdom that we need to be prepared for? Why? And you think we're going to do it the next elections? I've read several places where with these next two election cycles, we got the chance to turn back America. We got a chance to do this. We got a chance to save things. Give me a break. Where's your wisdom? We're under judgment. The peak that we've gone to is going to crash. It's over. You better start making decisions in the contrast of where things are headed. That do you want to stand at the foot of the 9-11 Twin Towers crash, watching the building and get killed by debris, or get away from what's crashing? Get out. Hobby Lobby had a big victory, everybody says. You think so? Within a week, what do we have Harry Reid doing in the Senate? They're determined. They're not going to let them get away with this. They have no right to have conscientious objection. The courts were wrong on that. And because this is not a constitutional issue, they can pass a law to override Hobby Lobby, and that's what they're going to do. So did they win? Will we win to the courts? The Bible says don't go to court. Otherwise, you'll be handed over an evil judge. And that's what every case is happening. Evil. A whole state as people amends the Constitution, says man, marriage is, is between one man and one woman, and one judge reverses that. And the people of the state are so stupid, and I say stupid because that's us, to say you can't override our state and we will not comply. We do it in words. We said the HHS mandate, we will not comply. All our bishops are saying this, and we're complying. We're complying every time we go to court, rather than defying. Marietta, California, many of you probably have heard by now, the brave mayor said, for the, the people that's bringing in hepatitis, tuberculosis, the youth and these children are coming here being dumped in cities, which is very unsocial justice. To allow this, and people say, well, it's human sympathy, is to infect this country with tuberculosis. It's a mindless, off-the-cuff, dumbed-down thinking to allow these things, rather than just flying them right back. They send a message, don't come here. Go through the legal channels. And we got those in the church would be the most for that. Out of this shallow compassion that will lead to more things to be compassionate about because of the misery it's going to bring. This escalates. Sending them back de-escalates it. We're compounding problems that while somebody may show compassion now, you're going to have to have, you're going to be empty on compassion. You're going to grow hard. You're going to make it like Brazil. You're going to people down on the street. And so many that instead of a tragedy for an individual, it becomes, like then said, a statistic because there'll be millions. You're breeding the problem because you lack wisdom. Wisdom or how the human race is even set up. We're taking people that have no parents right into this country. That's not how God said it. That's not how he deemed it. 
in the book of Tobit, it says, let the heavens and all thy creatures bless thee. We're setting a scenario on the borders that will not be a blessing. People that's not in the structure of what God set up. What was the structure? It continues, Thou mightest Adam and gave him Eve his wife. The family structure. It's easy to research. It's easy to reason that when children are not in a family structure, they turn into criminals, gang members, very depressed people, people who follow lifestyles that's not good. And we want to affect our country with that? If it's already existing somewhere, then what do you do? You quarantine that. And Dubrovnik, when you came in that in the Middle Ages, there's two long buildings. You go through that one building, you stay there a month. You go to the second building, and you go through that for another 60 days or so. It's like a 90-day quarantine because they don't come in Dubrovnik, the walled city, the first republic, the first place that recognized the United States of America's constitution, a well-ordered operation that lasted 600 years. They quarantined them. And we're just letting these people come in. Where is our brains? We don't have any because we have sin. Sin blinds. They just said that. Darkness and blindness rule. Not the light. You're always going to have the poor, Jesus said. You're always going to have tragedy. Why do we want to expand that as an infection everywhere? And I'm not talking about just the diseases. I'm talking about the mentalities, the ideas. No parents. This is never a good thing. Keep it contained. Send them back. It's the most compassionate thing you do, not for people to grow in hardened hearts. Because that's what's going to happen in the end. It's going to be 10 times more, 100 times. So thou made us Adam and gave him Eve, his wife. And you know what the next words say in the Bible? Gave him Eve, his wife, as a helper and support. That's what's wrong with our society. That's the breakdown. The woman is the helper. She's the supporter of the husband. You say the husband supports. No, he doesn't support. He provides. It's a different role. You can change your roles. You can cast them. You can trade roles. It doesn't work. You can never go against the natural order of things without inheriting a destructive society. And because we don't accept this, we end up divorced. And we divorce so much in the Christian church, so much throughout the United States and the world, which is spreading like wildfire now, that then we give the ability for others to define what marriage is. We gave it to the abominables. And now they define it. They can do whatever they want to. And even when we vote against it, we lose because we don't have it within our own ranks. It's sacred. This man and woman. And they both had defined roles through nature. Go ahead and try to breastfeed your baby, man. That ain't going to work. Because God didn't make it work that way. He's got to be free. He's got to be untangled. He's got to be able to work all day long. He's got to be a provider, not the supporter. She supports him emotionally. She supports his comfort. She supports when he gets home. Some people don't like that. In fact, many people don't like it. And us have us being in this side of understanding, have allowed the culture to adopt this way throughout everywhere. You can't even say man. 
You got to say he can, or you got to say whatever, it. So as a helper and support, from them, the race of mankind has sprung. I got an older Bible, so it says mankind instead of humankind. It goes on to say, Thou didst say, it is not good, for the man should be alone. Let us make a helper for him like himself. You got a problem with that? You got a problem, not a problem believing it, but you have a problem within your own eternal spirit? You're conditioned, whether you're a man or a woman, to believe you can change these roles. And so we've got an influx of youth who don't have a family structure, who are abandoned or whatever, and we're just going to bring more of it and compound the problem? And we wonder why the Pentagon is having a, a study, research on civil unrest? And we wonder why is this happening? Because of our sins. Thank is not a little bitty church. And they don't want to put off people who are offended by addressing them as the sinners into baptism. And where is it at? I just read also this morning that they're going to also allow, allow in England women bishops to be appointed. Why? Because they no longer see the woman was made by God, like himself, for his helper. And so we have this victory, Hobby Lobby, all these things taking place. And they reverse, and we think we make ground. We're in 30 years, 40 years now, I'd say, that the abortion thing's making, making gains. Satan allows the gains that he don't care about, but we're still going backwards. We're still falling. Yes, there's a lot of good people in the, in the movement to stop abortions. Those are good intentions, but we've got to recognize the overall reason for all these things. If we don't, we don't know why our lady's coming. We'll be blind or we'll be hindered by that, which rules over us. We don't know how to sh- break these shackles. They find their first shot is about that. We're going to Colorado next week about that, um, which you can go on the site. I guess you can go on the site and find that. Yes, you can announce it afterwards. But Joan has the read for the day. This is from the July 8th issue of the New York Times, entitled From Stocks to Farmland, All's Booming or Bubbling. Prices for nearly all assets around the world are high, bringing economic risks. In Spain, where there was a debt crisis just two years ago, investors are so eager to buy the government's bonds that they recently accepted the lowest interest rates since 1789. In New York, the Art Deco office tower at 1 Wall Street sold in May for $585 million, only three months after the going wisdom in the real estate industry was that it would sell for more like $466 million, the estimate in one industry tip sheet. In France, a cable television company called Numera Cable was recently able to borrow nearly $11 billion the largest junk bond deal on record, and despite the risk usually associated with junk bonds, the interest rate was a low 4.875%. Welcome to the everything boom, and quite possibly the everything bubble. Around the world, nearly every asset class is expensive by historical standards, stocks and bonds, emerging markets, and advanced economies, urban office towers, and Iowa farmland, you name it, 
and it is trading at prices that are high by historical standards relative to fundamentals. The inverse of that is relatively low returns for investors. The phenomenon is rooted in two interrelated forces. Worldwide, more money is piling into savings than businesses believe they can use to make productive investments. At the same time, the world's major central banks have been on a six-year campaign of holding down interest rates and creating more money from thin air to try to stimulate stronger growth after the financial crisis. We're in a world where there are very few unambiguously cheap assets, said Russ Kosterich, chief estimate strategist at BlackRock, one of the world's biggest asset managers who spends his days scouring the earth for potential opportunities for investors to get a better return relative to the risks they are taking on. If you ask me to give you the one big bargain out there, I'm not sure there is one. But frustrating as the situation can be for investors hoping for better returns, the bigger question for the global economy is what happens next. How long will this low return environment last? And what risks are being created that might be realized only if and when the everything boom ends? And it's like that with everything. Everything goes up when you start printing money several billion dollars per month. How long can it last? This inflation that we saw two, three years ago, the press is running money. Now you're starting to see everything is costing more. Everything's going up. Not because of increase of, of money. It's because the value of the dollar is devalued. What it bought three years ago takes $2 or so, whatever. That's not accurate. I'm just giving an example of what it would take to buy for $1 just three years ago. And I doubt, I doubt if it wouldn't be above what I'm even saying as an example. And so you have places and like these two skyscrapers I was reading about this morning sold for like $240 million. The square foot nationwide price for central office in a central business district rather is $300 a square foot. That's up from $147 just three years ago in 2010 for the same office space. Think about that. 300 for 147, a little bit more than doubled. And then it shows what Joan just got read, that the returns less. It's seven point something. Now it's, now it's in the form mark. So this is decreasing. All the while, the central banks are, central banks are keeping the interest rate, rates low. It doesn't make any sense, except it's, they have to do it to continue what they've been doing. Otherwise, a crash. You know, the Hindenburg, when it came down and blew up in flames, there was another one that before that, I think, came up, and then people were holding on to the ropes. That's how they grabbed it. It was very archaic. They had a hundred ropes hanging from the, the, the airship, and then a buff wing, puff of wind came up and blew it up in the air. And some dropped off as it started rising when they were eight to ten feet. Others had to drop off when they got 100 feet because they couldn't hold on anymore. Which ones are better off? We've always let the economy take its course because it naturally corrects itself. You scrape your knee, what happens? It begins immediately healing itself. You cut your leg off, it's going to heal itself. 
It's gone. And so what we've done with the economy in the 70s, we started patching things up. We started letting things on. We held on to the rope. Well, we'll just go a little further because we're all making too much money. We get higher and higher and higher and bigger and bigger. The balloon is getting bigger and bigger. There's no way that anybody's going to land safe with this thing. I don't care how much money you got, how much silver you put back, how much gold you put over. You don't have any system that is going to be able to use your wealth as it stands now to safeguard yourself. The only system you can have is if you got you some land and you got the animals and you your investment is letting people live there free, taking care of the animals, working the land with you, you might want to say that's feudalism, that's coming back. But with Christian morals and values where you're not looking at these people that you join with are peasants, but yoke with you for a shared value, your investment, the best investment you can make anywhere in the world today is into a homestead. Buy you 500 acres, buy 1,000 acres, screen the people who have shared values or same faith with you, build them houses, cottages, put it on there, buy the equipment, do whatever you have to do and get your food in your system, feeding yourself. Grow your barley, grow your wheat, grow whatever you can do to feed your animals so that you can have grass you grow, you grow grass, cow eats grass, you eat cow. You better start thinking wisdom of life. It's wealth. When Lot and Abraham was together, they had massive amounts of animals. When Maria's mother had to give up her sheep because she could no longer go to the mountains, she wept for days because that was her money. That was her wealth. That's what sustained them in a communist territory, even though everything is modern and everybody's going and going and going and going and going. But just like their ships... We've held on for too long. There's nowhere to fall and be safe. Because even if water's underneath you and you're several hundred feet up, you get killed by the impact. Water won't save you. Nothing's going to save you. The only thing that's going to save you is view yourself, reason this thing out, and say, what is the investment of today? What is the investment that nobody's seeing? How are they showing us? The wisdom of life. What's the wisdom of life? Go back to how God created things. It's your order in your family. Your wife's your helpmate. You're the leader. You're not the one underneath her and she goes to work. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Everything in order. By the sweat of your brow shall you eat. You're supposed to be toiling the soil. You can be a doctor. You can be a scientist. You can be a garbage truck driver. But you still got to toil the soil. Parallel that. I'm not saying you have to quit your occupation. But I do say you, you who have the means, you who have the money, you ought to start investing in the the only investment of the future that's going to exist. Your place that runs your little ranch, your little farmstead, your homestead, whatever you want to call it, your plantation, which was one of the greatest economic successes that have existed, and what you're taught by the history books isn't so as what it was. There was a lot of happiness on the plantations. There was a lot of love on the plantations. People gave the slaves their names. Slavery is wrong. You're right. But you're going to see that in the future because to eat, people will come to you if you've got a system and say, enslave me, just feed me and my children. I'll do whatever you need to do. We're running from things we shouldn't be running from. We don't see things we should be seeing because we're blind and walking in darkness and it rules and it leads you down to the road where the airship comes in. You grab the rope, wind blows it up in there, in the air, and you fall. The whole culture is going to do that. And uh, must 
to, in order to know what to do for your future, for your family, of course, is they fired the first shot, 2012. There is information on Medjugorje.com with how to get copies of that of the, the book, They Fired the First Shot. Also on TheyFiredTheFirstShot.com, uh, you can also listen to the uh, book on MP3, or you can listen to it on the side, or you can download it. Of course, you can also contact Caritas directly to get the MP3, and uh, the audiobook uh, CD set will be soon available, so uh, look for those. But uh, a friend of Medjugorje next Saturday, July the 19th, uh, is going to be in uh, Loveland, Colorado. This is an all-day event. They fired the first shot event from, from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. And a pre-registration, I believe, is required. And there is information on Medjugorje.com as well. On the right-hand side, you'll see they fired the first shot event with a friend of Medjugorje, July the 19th. And uh, all the information with contact information, registration information, times, and location is all available on Medjugorje.com. And so it is we're supposed to be blessing the Lord by our way of life. We have to adopt in that the wisdom of life. Tobit starts off the verses I was telling you. Blessed are thou, O God, our fathers, and blessed be the holy name and glorious name forever. Let the heavens and all the creatures bless thee. Thou madest Adam and gave him, Eve his wife, as a helper and support. From then... The race of mankind has sprung. Thou dost say, it is not good for the man should be alone. Let us make a helper for him, like himself. These words are good to contemplate because it's the beginning of where we start. It is with God that we are supposed to walk and blessed by the way we live. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.